Welcome to the Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone. The voice of Massive Magic fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Episode 5, we got a full studio. Mark is joining us today. How's Welcome going, back, fellas? boys. How's it going? What's going on, What's fellas? What's going on, Mark? What's going on? Al, you had a busy week. I did, I did. A busy actually, weekend. I was on vacation this week uh, from work in a last-minute, unplanned trip to San Francisco, which was really nice. Um, just getting back last night at midnight, <clears throat> told my wife I cannot missed the podcast so i'm here today but had a great time out there uh, a lot of good food out there weather was beautiful oh man i'm um, just excited to be back with you guys. To, did you go to a golden state uh game what go to a golden state game. <laughs> i did not but you i did go to us right i did go to the new arena man and that place is beautiful so chase center i, I want to go back to a game as you guys know I, i'm a huge steph curry fan um but Ooh. come on man be careful um yeah <laughs> but be- the arena is beautiful though so i definitely want to go back and-, and catch that game out there okay yeah that's cool um and you were just out there for like business yeah so my wife got a last minute trip uh oh, okay. was not planned and uh i'm like listen pack our bags and go and we did that wow. and it was unplanned last minute and we like it like that so that worked out really well that sounds now sounds what, what ended up happening is he knew that I was i went to chicago he's like nah i got I got up and one time to <laughs> yeah. San Francisco. He saw us all drowning in the snow and right. decided to go over with the palm trees and there you go. Good no, the weather. That that weather there was beautiful though. I think it was sixty degrees the entire time. It, it was just amazing, man. Sunny every single day. Um, so yeah, not to take anything away from Orlando though. I, this is the place to be. But yes, it's too late. You made me jealous. <laughs> yeah, right? You gotta go. You yeah. gotta go now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Justin, you're going to a concert tonight, right? I am. Um, anybody who know. knows me uh, knows I'm a huge Sarah Bareilles fan. Who? Uh, Sarah Bareilles. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I'm going to to her show tonight at the Amway Center. I'm super excited. If anybody is there, you will see me probably cry. Um, you know. Do you I'll plan be, on be, losing your voice tonight? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll huh. be uh, singing along passionately, you know, but I'm I need excited. Some, I need some videos from that tonight. Oh, I got mind. you. <laughs> nah, keep those. Keep those. Keep those. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So let's get let's get right into it. Let's uh, go through the numbers. So um, currently the Magic after this uh, this past week, um, our record is six and nine. Seed in the East is in eighth. Seed in the Southeast, we're looking at second, um, but we were previously third. Um, so it looks like we we went up one there. So offense points per game, we're sitting at 102.929th in the league. Three point percentage, 31.3. We're still sitting at 30th. So we took a win against Washington, where Markel um, had a career night. He um, broke his career um, best at 19. Um, a loss against Toronto where Vucevic and Gordon both got injured within a three-minute span. And then a loss um, last night in Indiana. Um, but Isaac, career had, or Isaac had a career night with 25 points, nine rebounds. So what do you guys think about the games? What did you like? What didn't you like? Yeah, so it, it was a busy week for us this week uh, between the news of the injuries and, and then, of course, on the court as well. Uh, the Washington game to me sends out the most. I know we that's the only one we won this week. But that was a really fun game. I know, Mark, you were there with, at the arena. Yes. I was there as well. That was a really fun game. Really uh, fun game. Really exciting. That fourth quarter, I know we lost the lead. Washington hit, it seemed like, every three-pointer they just uh-huh. threw out there. Um, but that was a fun game. Markel with the steal at the end, that, that crazy dunk uh, to secure the win for us. I jumped right out of my seat. Oh, me too. Dunk. I was, was jumping great. up and down, screaming. Um, that was a really, really good win. And then, unfortunately, after that, things kind of went south. So, Toronto happened. We, we lost that game. We lost Vucevic. We lost uh, Gordon in that game. And Indy, again, like like you said, um, and it was a tough loss last night. We had that game. Um, felt like just one rebound away, one quality shot away from securing that win in Indy last night. Uh, but, again, looking at positive things always, right? Markel shot out this week. Amazing performances. Career night against Washington. And then again, follow that up with Isaac having a career night last night. Um, so tough week, but understandable. We, we are short, short-handed out there right now. So I think um, <clears throat> during that Washington game, obviously, like Bradley Beal is a monster. Um, it doesn't matter what defensive scheme you run against him. He's going to show out. 
and um, I think he he kind of showed that to mm. us until the fourth quarter. Mm. I think we had a, I think we had a lot of ground. He went off in the fourth. Yeah, yeah, he went he went off in the fourth. But I feel like that was also the time where he kind of felt like he had to win the game, and he mm-hmm. put it on his back, mm-hmm. and he almost got it done. Mm-hmm. Um, Markel, like you said, showed out. Oof. I love Markel's energy. I think just. Um, even when he's not scoring, and I think we've seen it during this week, even when he's not scoring, he impacts the game uh, because he brings good energy. Um, and I think that energy kind of pushes people to get involved and work harder. Uh, so I think he has like that contagiousness about uh, his personality and, and his enthusiasm for the game. Yeah. Uh, during that loss to Toronto, it kind of felt like, Yes, AG and Vucevic, um, their injuries are hard injuries for our team because Vuce is the best player on the team. But I think it allows for, um, you know, a lot of the other guys to kind of develop and and have an opportunity. A lot of us, for example, have been like criticizing Bamba. And I think now with Vuce not playing, um, it's going to open the door a little bit for him to kind of take that step forward Mm -hmm. and for us to be able to uh, really analyze if he's going to be, you know, somebody who can be on the team for a while. Um, so I think it was kind of like a gift and a curse mm-hmm. in, in a way. Uh, but Toronto also showed how good they are. I think a lot of people slept on them now that Kawhi left and, and whatnot. Uh, but they showed that they are they are still a threat without they Kawhi. They didn't even have Laurie or Ibaka that night either. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. a pretty deep team. And their young guys like really stepped they're up They're young as well. guys, man. I know I said in the group chat with you guys, but those young guys are picking up from the uh, G League. Yeah. They're all just plain incredible. Like, anybody they throw out there is just balling. Terrence um, Davis, 19 points off the bench against us. What's and the other guy? The, and the, Chris the Boucher. 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 Chris My goodness. Boucher. He ate Bamba alive, by the yeah. way, on the yeah. boards. Like, he was just, whenever he wanted a rebound, like nothing. He was their energizer bunny for yeah. sure. Yeah, and then uh, lastly for that Indiana game, it felt like uh, Jonathan Isaac and, and Fournier were kind of like the two guys that, you know, were, were trying to keep us alive mm-hmm. in a way. Um, and sadly, it didn't come through at the end. We we kept it close mm-hmm. the whole time. We were probably one play away. We were. Uh, you know, and whether it was a bad call by the coach or, you know, Indiana just had a better defensive scheme, but. We ended up on the on the short side of that uh, that uh, game as well. Yeah, I agree. Uh, to bounce back to that Wizards game, I thought the Wizards game was uh, was our best offensive game all year. Mm-hmm. Which scored thirty points, seventeen rebounds for us. Fultz, like we said, has career high nineteen points, and Fournier, which is Justin's favorite Magic player on the team, <laughs> had twenty five points, almost had a double double, nine assists. Yeah, I thought that was nine a great assist. game. Yes, nine assists. He got that, teammates involved. That's the, the stat of the week. And then, right of there. course, if, <laughs> uh, if anybody didn't see SportsCenter, Fultz was on. Sports Center for I believe two of his highlight plays, including yeah, that one dunk that sealed the game for us on NBA.com too. He was yes. uh, he had two plays. So that in the was top finally 10 big well. time. That was finally nice to see that he's getting his recognition there. As far as that Toronto game, I'm not too discouraged about that game. Uh, I thought we played really well up until the fourth quarter after yeah. Gordon and Vooch went down. We kept battling. We kept battling really hard. Um, like you, like we said earlier, Terrence Davis, Chris Boucher, those guys really killed us. Um, we we knew Van Fleet was gonna have a big game. So, you know, that wasn't really our concern. But those guys off the bench, when we had our bench players and they had their bench players, we they were, they yeah. clearly uh, pretty much beat us that game. That was a game right there. And then that Indiana game too was a tough loss. I I, I really thought we could have beat that game. Like I said, guys, that Gordon and Vooch going down. I'm not discouraged about this team at all. Me we're still that. battling. You know, mm-hmm. these games are still close up until the end. Um. Isaac had a career night, 25 points, 9 rebounds. Um, so I'm happy with him. Um, and then eight three-pointers in the third quarter really stood out to me last game as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know we took the loss, but uh, there's some encouraging signs, I believe, that we can keep carrying forward with. For me, the Washington game was a big game. Like I enjoyed watching that game just as a fan. Um, watching Markel break out was, to me, a really, really big deal. Um, that was um, that same night. I ended up clipping a, a video of Markel and his big play at the end with um, with Celine Dion, um, yeah. right, right there in the background. And yeah. you know, it was it was just one of those moments. It was like a defining moment for him that I think for him as a player he needed just for that boost of confidence. Right. Um, we had made a wager early on in the season that he was going to score his twenty points before December, right, mm-hmm. more or less. Or you, I think you said that was. 
before December. Yeah. One yeah. or two. So the fact that he was still close and we're at the point that, you know, now he's started 10 consecutive games and we're at the point where he's reaching the, the 18 to 19 point range, I think is a really big part and it shows his development, his growth, and then him being comfortable with the team and, and the plays that are being um, not necessarily run for him, but him being able to play with his teammates. So that was a big game for me. Toronto, um, I am starting to not like Toronto at all. Like, <laughs> like every, every season you have that one team that you just don't like. Toronto is that team. Fred Van Vliet is being that guy that I'm starting not to like. That's really just starting to annoy me. But it's because he, he does so well. And for his size, it's, it, it shows how good of a player that he is. But, you know, Pascal Siakam, he had an okay game. He only scored 18 points. So I thought defensively we did a good job on Isaac him. did a great Isaac, job on Isaac did yes. a really good job. Absolutely. And then for the Indiana game, um, or excuse me, for, for before we get to the Indiana, Toronto losing both Vucevic and Gordon in a 3 um, minute span, I thought was a it's a massive deal because that's really going to change the dynamic of our team, right? Mm-hmm. So it goes from running every single play for Nikola Vucevic to now Vucevic forces our team to play a half court uh, half yeah. court game, right? He slows mm-hmm. us down. We don't expect him to run up and down the floor, play offense and defense in a fast pace. We're not expecting him to be the second, the third, the fourth man, the fast break. Um, but we are effective in that gameplay. Now, with him being out, it gives us an opportunity to really show how athletic and how long we really are because mm-hmm. now it's goal time. You get the ball, you start running, you get down to the floor. Right. So I, I think that that could be the one of the major pros for them going down, and that also gives the, um, a bit, the opportunity for guys like Jonathan Isaac to step up, which I felt he really did and showcased it in Indiana. Yeah. And I don't think we see a 25-point game from Jonathan Isaac unless he knows for a fact, like, you know, these guys are out. It's a big offensive He's the guy. You know, uh, I got to step up. Yeah. He has to step up. And there's times when I was watching the game, and you really see that. Like, you see him being way more aggressive than what I'm used to seeing from Jonathan Isaac. Mm-hmm. And he's really taking the ball. He's he's taking his, you know, two say He's um, aggressively taking the mid-range shot. Right. You know, there was, there was a play that he had where he had a defensive stop on one end, and he didn't pass the ball. He took the ball, grabbed the grabbed the, the rebound from the block that he did, took it down court, made a quick little step in, in the paint, and did a turnaround, pump fake, and easy basket. So you're really seeing his game really come together that I enjoyed a lot. Yeah, so I, I agree. I think, um, like, with Vooch and AG gone, it does allow Isaac to kind of be one of the primary scorers on the team. Um, and it's awesome to see that he's willing to take that, you know, as, uh, in stride and, and, and actually uh, work toward becoming that. Um, and just referencing back to what you were saying, how you're starting to, you know, dislike Toronto and Fred Van Vliet and whatnot. Uh, I think I'm always down to watch Orlando versus Toronto because it feels like Toronto brings out, for the most part, the best version of Orlando. Um, and sadly, we just fall short. But when you when you look at um, ball movement, when you look at rotation, when you look at the pace that Orlando plays with when they play Toronto, it's usually higher. Uh, than you know against other teams, and I think that that kind of goes back to Orlando always playing to the level of their competition, uh, not so their own potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when they play a team as good as Toronto, they show out. They what I find interesting short. is that last year we beat Toronto. I think it was two or three times with Kawhi in the team before right. the playoffs, the regular yes. season. And this year, it feels like we cannot beat them at all, even when they don't have Lowry, when they don't have uh, Ibaka playing. So it's just, I find that interesting how last so year we matched up. Yeah, and we have the same team, and they mm-hmm. have the same team pretty much. So just, I find that kind of funny how we cannot get over the hump with, uh, against them anymore. Might be mental. We lost so badly in the playoffs, and now mm-hmm. we kind of overthink it when we're out there uh, because we match up really well with them last year. But it could also be that some of their role players last year got better. That's true. Fred Van Vliet playing really well. So yeah, Fred Van Vliet, he's, he's becoming, like, you can see him being a primary scoring option at some point in the near future. Uh, Pascal Siakam as well, so. And then they they also had a, a player that was injured that they weren't able to utilize last year, OG Anobi. Oh, yeah. OG so, he, he's a big part for him. Yeah. Um, it, I still feel when we play them, it still feels like a, a playoff. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, still, yeah, absolutely, yeah, from both sure. sides. So, um, really good games. And, you know, wins or losses, they, they say that – I read someone – I can't remember who it was, but they had said that, you know, when you have playoff aspirations, there's no such thing as a moral victory. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I disagree with that because I feel like for certain players, it's a moral victory. And I think Jonathan Isaac and Mar- Markel Fultz, 
did receive those moral victories, even though we, we did lose, because it's all about confidence for them. And I think these last games were able to do that. Now, can they maintain that when we get our rest of our players back? I think that's one thing to, to really watch for. Um, but let, let's get to the juice, because there's a lot of things that happened this past week. Uh, we touched on it a little bit, but get right back to it. So Vucevic is out due to an injury um, at least four weeks. And then we have Gordon and MCW out for an under, uh, undermined amount of time. So undetermined amount of time. So um, how do you guys feel about the, the three injuries? How does it impact our team? And what, what will be missed the most? Um, I think Vucevic's injury is probably the most significant uh, because he is our most consistent scorer. And um, I think with with Vuce being injured, it is going to, uh, you know, kind of referencing the point you made earlier, it is going to allow other guys to kind of step up and, and show out. Uh, but it is also going to make the fan base ownership everybody kind of recognize how big of a role and how important Vucevic is to our offense because uh, with Vuce yeah we're not going to set the highest pace in the league and yeah it's going to force us to play the half court game a lot uh, but he is a guy who's consistently going to put up about 20 points um, and he is getting uh, you know nabbing what 15 maybe 15 rebounds a game um, and he is going to have a couple of defensive stops. He, his defense is getting better. So, I don't know. I think I think he is a, a big loss. Aaron Gordon's injury is a little bit uh, strange because he's had ankle injuries previously. Uh, and he made it a point to say that this was one of the worst ones he's had. Um, and you know your body better than anybody else. So, if you felt that, I think that is cause for concern. Um, especially a guy that's as, like, explosive and kind of... Uh, works off his jump, you know, as much as as Ag does. So I'm a little concerned there, but I'm not I'm not sure uh, how much his loss is going to impact the game because I do think Aminu is is a good option uh, to to play in for him. And Aminu, if he can have like starters minutes, is going to impact. And mm-hmm. we've seen that we've seen that in the last couple games when he has starters minutes, he impacts the game uh, at a pretty you know high level. Um, so. Are you surprised that um, Coach Cliff didn't insert Aminu in the starting lineup and decided to go with a Wesley Wando? Yes, I am surprised um, because as as much as I was vouching for a Wando to have minutes, it's a bit strange to go from not playing at all to a being starter, a yeah. starter. Yeah, same, same thing with me. I, I find it kind of strange. I expected to see uh, Aminu in the starting lineup for two reasons. The, the length that he adds, and he's a more proven shooter than right. than uh, Iwondo is at this point in his career. So we need <clears throat> offense, right? We need to get some points out there. Um, so I kind of just wanted to see that change. Um, unfortunately, it didn't happen. But, I mean, let, let's see how Iwondo does. I'm looking forward to, to him getting a chance um, and, and see what he can do out there. No, I agree. Uh, I don't really mind uh, a Wanda move just because that gives us, you know, a backup big man. I could sub Isaac out the game or um, Birch. I don't really mind that move so much. Like you said, we're, we're going to need Aminu to um, step up as he's proven before. He, he is coming from a playoff contending team where he started relatively every game. And a Wanda, um, when I don't think we're asking so much for him. Just go in there, hustle, and just knock down shots, open shots. One thing I will say on the injuries news is uh, Gordon uh, was going to take sh- uh, some shots tonight. And he said he actually may try to play tomorrow in Detroit. So it may seem that he may be out. I don't think he'll play tomorrow, just my personal opinion. But he might be back by Wednesday in Cleveland, which that I'm excited for. I do want to see Gordon, Isaac, and Falls kind of just be, hey, go out there with Fournier and yes. just ball out. Mm-hmm. The pace last night against Indiana <laughs> was fun. I, right. I watched pieces. I was flying back last night. I watched pieces of the game. The highlights, everything I saw with the Magic in the third and fourth quarter when they really started playing well, it was false printing. Augustine running. That I'm really ready to see a little bit while we get Vooch back. Uh, But I want to see Gordon in that same uh, group as well. Right. So um, I I agree that he may play, um, you know, just based on the reports and whatnot. I don't think you should. But I agree. I don't think you should. But it's not necessarily about him being on the court. It's about how he's feeling on the court and how his body's holding up. Because you could you could play on the court, but if your ankle is still bugging you or, you know, there is some type of, like, issue or damage, you're not going to be as explosive as you typically are. And we see what Aaron Gordon does typically. And, you know, he's not, he's not a primary option when he's 100%. 
So with him having this injury and coming back at maybe 70, 80%, you have to believe that he's not going to be, you know, that, that much of a primary option. I think for me, obviously you don't want any of your key players to get hurt, but I'm not, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it because this is why we have a deep team. This is why yeah. you, you have players that can step up in the role and still be effective and, and be a big part. Um, it, if the injuries occur and the benefits are that the Jonathan Isaac can play at the level that he's playing, then okay. Now, my my fear is, not necessarily fear, but my concern is, okay, so now what happens when you do get the Vucevic back? You do get, you know, Aaron Gordon back. Because what I see a lot is we utilize Vuce with the high pick and roll pretty often with Evan Fournier. What I saw a lot a lot last night is, you know, the hot, the pick and roll was still there, but the roll was to a Ken Birch who is receiving the ball either, you know, not close to the basket, so he's not effective in that position. So mm-hmm. how are you really still utilizing the high pick and roll? You know, how effective is it? Are, are people really going to cheat on the Vooch and then leaving Evan Fournier open? So I, I would have liked to see a different scheme playing. Um, but all in all, I think that, with, with the injuries, it's only going to, right now, it may not look like it because it, the, there's a big offense missing, but I think it's going to impact our team in, in a very, very good light. So um, let, let's move on to the next one. Uh, Fultz and Isaac set new career high in points. Fultz with 19 points um, against the, the Washington Wizards and Isaac with 25 points last night against Indiana. Man, I think uh, we can definitely start to see the future of the Magic, if you want to call it that. Um I really believe that's what the future of the Magic is. I really think Gordon, while he's a great player, I don't think he has the potential that Isaac has. And, of course, we know faults. He came into the, the, the NBA being the first pick in the draft. Yeah, he got hurt. We can see these glimpses of greatness from him coming out right now. Uh, we saw him playing 28 minutes last night, which is the most he's played so far for us. So I'm hoping that's increasing over the next few weeks. Um but again, he's always leading the team in plus and minus. That tells you he's making yes. an impact out there. Mm-hmm. Number two, Isaac. I mean, this injury, the first thing that I thought about when, when it came out that Vucevic was going to be out for four weeks is this is his time to shine, especially while Gordon is also out. It's like you have to take somebody. Somebody has to take the shots. He'll be that person. And we saw what he did last night, 25 points, nine rebounds, four assists, two blocks. I mean, this kid has all the tools to be an amazing player. We need that great future thinking leader or, or star player i think we're seeing him right now wearing number one for the magic yes i can't agree anymore with you um <clears throat> i'm really happy with his false uh progression his confidence and his aggression is what really sticks out to me he's just going out there and he's just doing it uh, i believe that wizards game isaiah thomas left them open wide open for two threes and without hesitation he made Bam. his first two threes mm-hmm. right um and he took that matchup yeah he, i believe he had a mismatch with uh, thomas and he just took it right to him as far as Isaac, I'm, I'm I'm not happy about the two injuries that went down for him, but I'm really happy for Isaac's opportunity to step up and go. Not only that his numbers proved it, but I've seen a lot of vocal leadership from him mm-hmm. yesterday in the game, specifically with a few timeouts. You know, he, he got subbed out the game, and when Indiana had called a timeout, he went right in and was being vocal. He, he took that, that, <clears throat> that leadership role that, you know, Fournier or Gordon or even Vooch might, you know, sometimes insert themselves with, so... As far as Isaac stepping up for us the next three, four weeks, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, like like Alvaro said, Fultz and Isaac is looking like our clear future right now. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, Fultz and Isaac is the future. Um, I, like, I like how both of their games kind of can thrive without interfering in the other's game. Um, and, I, and I'm interested to see kind of when, when Fultz is kind of like unleashed and what what he's going to set like for speed and pace um, and how you guys said how much he's going to push the pace, run the ball um, and kind of throw up lobs for J.I. and A.G. Uh, that's it's really exciting. Um, I think this is this is a really fun time to be a Magic fan uh, and kind of interesting to see the bridge between like old Orlando and new and Orlando new for sure. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a really interesting time. Uh, as Magic fans, we naturally just automatically talk about, you know, who are the untouchables, right? To me, the untouchables are Fizek, 
folds I think together <laughs> I'm gonna make it a thing um, they they do play really well together and to your point they their their games do complement you know it, they're able to push the ball and they're so Isaac is so long so lengthy that if he if he gets too close to the rim that there's it's hard to stop him there was mm-hmm. a play yesterday that kind of seems like Miles Turner almost tackled him to to get him oh, from yeah. not getting <laughs> to like to the lane so it's it's there you can tell that a player like Isaac, he's he's getting a lot of attention. Markel obviously gets a majority of it with with how social media is, but Isaac is, is he's starting to really make a name for himself. Right, and I can I can say I can see like I would I started to say you can he'll be the franchise the face of the franchise in two years, but man, I, I give it minimum a year. It's it's yeah. almost impossible not to. And they're getting a lot of national attention. So Isaac, of course, had the, the breakdown game yesterday, but he's been stat padding the whole entire season so far and he's always featured on nba.com on highlights out there of his crazy blocks he's been having right for for defensive plays exactly so i think when you add that in faults together you're starting to see the magic on the jump on bleacher report which again we have been mentioned in the past but not in 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 the way that it's now it's youth it's future thinking it's star player potential so so which we haven't had so i have a question um New Shaq and Penny. Ooh. Interesting. If Vooch gets moved, right, and J.I. becomes our regular five, New Shaq and Penny. You, you you honestly think that we'll put him at the five permanently? I think so. Because he's only going to get bigger. He's not going to get smaller. I do, and like, if we, I do like him at the three, though. I do like him at the three, four as well. I feel like he's able to do more. You have to spend a little bit more time. And he's a mismatch. Other three and four, so yes, mismatch, which is so long. Definitely. So you got to put a guy. It does that, bring versatility for us. At yeah, the five. It, yeah, it, it, it does. It, may, it makes us different. He's so good at being able to put the ball on the floor, and he's his length, and he's able. He utilizes the euro steps so effectively mm-hmm. for his size is crazy. Yes, um, but I, I guess I, I was just thinking more so if we're gonna keep AG and AG is in our future plans, you have to believe AG eventually is gonna be moved to the four. He he can't play the three. No, right. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, there's what would be the other option? But Isaiah, you... Isaiah can play the three. Yeah, and, and I think yeah. what we've always known is that Golden plays the three on the defensive end. On mm-hmm. the offensive yeah, they end, always, they, always they, they really swap out. So I think yeah. that's kind of how they're doing it. But I, I know what you're saying because I actually have been thinking of that for a while. Heck, playing 2K, I like to just put Isaac <laughs> at the five. Yeah. Just because <laughs> it creates so many crazy mismatches. It's, the team is so fast, so fun. And yeah, you get crazy and think about an Isaac. Gordon, Aminu, yeah, or heck, Ross and Fournier, yeah, with with a fault. That's so a lot of offense. That's a lot of fun. That that would be our version of the death lineup. Exactly. Yeah. Mar- Markel Foles, Evan Fournier, Terrence Ross, Aaron Gordon, and four of and them Isaac. sitting outside the three with faults. The issue, the issue is this though. Disgusting. We know our head coach. Mm-hmm. He is not want to try crazy things. He's not want to do. Anything that is not by his standards. Slow and steady wins the race with Cliff. So, and I think with these injuries, know. he needs to break that shell. Yeah, he, he should. needs to try different things. I think we need to see Isaac play to five a little bit more. Yeah, now. I think I think now he'll be able to do that. But it's kind of hard to keep a player like Vucevic off the floor for yeah. a long no, period of time. Oh yeah, as long as Vuce is on our roster, he's going to be our starting center. There's yes. no, there's no. But way. Not, not even starting, just at any point in the game. You know, because how often do you see where Vucevic is not in the game, but you still have so many key starters in the game without mm, him? True. So I, I guess that that would that would be the the hard part for me to to see or to have Cliff make that decision mm-hmm. to run a lineup like that during the game. Anyways, let's let's get to the next one. So Tracy McGrady was on the jump, and he had some interesting things to say. So they were having a conversation about Jamal Crawford and how he hasn't been signed to the team yet. And Trace McGrady goes on to say, I mean, the Orlando Magic. We need some help down there in Orlando coming off our bench. Vooch is out. Aaron Gordon twists his ankle. We really need some firepower coming off our bench. We still have a open roster spot. Could Jamal Crawford be that guy to really help this team with scoring and shooting? Yeah, I think uh, during the first episode of our podcast, Jamal Crawford was one of the guys that uh, we talked about Orlando possibly signing. Uh, I think... This idea that he's too old to play is is a little ridiculous. His last, and they covered it on the jump, but his last game in the NBA, 50. he dropped fifty one points, I think. So, yeah. So I think it's it's a it's a little crazy to think that he can't play, and he would be in a situation coming to Orlando where we don't need him to be this, you know, crazy dropping thirty five a night. 
you know, just somebody who can come off the bench, give us, you know, like a instant offense, I would say, uh, and just pick up the energy to get the other guys involved. And I think Jamal Crawford would be perfect for that. Now, an argument can be made. He Cliff was using a 10-man roster. He now is switching to a 9-man roster. You add a player like Jamal Crawford, you have to give him PT, just the amount of veteran, uh, the, the veteran, the veteranship that he brings, plus the ability to score, put the ball on the floor, shooting. How do you not put him in the mix? Who's going to be the man out? That's a good question, um, and I'm not sure. But I, I, I would be looking at possibly DJ or MCW being moved. I mean – there's 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 no other what do I want to say there's no real other option unless he extends that rotation which then kind of cuts off the the other guys it's hard to get in a rhythm if you're playing 20 some on minutes a night so it will it will become a difficult situation and I don't think that we bring Jamal Crawford in unless somebody is on the way out um I don't know what the magic's waiting for I would love for us to bring in Crawford I know our front office is very conservative. We don't like to make a huge splash or do anything out of the ordinary. Yeah. But um, I feel like this next month or so, I'll, would you guys agree is would this be our make and break, like halfway through the season? December is always that month that that kind of gets us out of con- the conversation. So I right. think if we could finish December still in the conversation, yes. that's a success. Which I think is key. Um, like I said, we. we you're going to see Fultz step up. You're going to see Isaac step up. Um, we need to see Ross step up as well. But adding a guy like Jamal Crawford, I, I don't see it being a negative. I can only see it being a positive. It adds us another ball handler. It gives us another score. Like you said, Justin, this guy just dropped 51 last season. He's home just you know, chilling. You know, Why not bring him onto a roster right now? For but a where, do you, where do you fit him in? Now, when it comes to bringing Crawford in, I'm, I'm not looking at playing him 25 you know, minutes a night, you know, give me at least 15 minutes, you know, just a, just a threat out just, there, just a threat, you know, another ball handler. Yeah. Yes, you're right. It, that that would require some sacrifice minutes from, you know, Augustine. I would, I don't mind seeing it too much from MCW. Um, as much as he is, as our defensive anchor, our primary ball handler defender to get in a little boost, like for last night, that, those last two, three minutes. We kind of got a little shaky there on offense. A guy like Crawford would have came in and gave us a few key shots. Even when, you know, Ross, yes, Ross is considered our human torch. But he also, there's he goes on streaks where he goes a little, you know, cold. Yeah. And we need that bench. We need that offense of fire coming out of our bench. So adding Crawford, to me, I don't know. I think it's a no-brainer. I, I want to see the front office do something a little bit out of the ordinary. So that, that's the thing, though. So it's it's something that just makes sense, right? You think mm-hmm. about it, it's the right move. It, it just it logically makes sense. We need a shooter. We need a scorer. However, like I said before, whether it's our coaching staff or our front office, we know they don't like to play the the popular thing, right? They they look they do what's right, um, and they'll play it safe. And I think the Jamal Crawford move would be kind of a, a splashy move, kind of like the Melo signing with Portland. We'll bring attention to the magic, and they just don't do those type of moves. Uh, again, like I said on the first episode, I think they'll bring somebody from Europe or something before they'll sign somebody like Jamal Crawford. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, while it makes sense to all of us, I think, the reality is that I don't think it'll happen. I agree. I think the team needs a player like that on their roster. Maybe not so much to actually get in the game, but at the very least to be a locker room guy. Um, yeah. Last season, I really wanted us, or maybe even on this offseason, I really wanted us to pick up Vince Carter just because of his leadership that he would bring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know how you're, <laughs> you're looking at me smiling. That The oldest player on our roster is DJ Augustine at 32 years old. DJ Augustine is the only... It's the only real veteran. If if you if you look at the definition of it, the only real one on our team, right? He's been through different teams. Has has had some success in the playoffs, but he's the only one talking to our guys in the locker room from that standpoint. Having a player like Jamal Crawford, I think, would really help. Not necessarily just with the morale, but a player that could really talk to the young guys and also be effective on the floor if we go through any type of injury where he is needed. So now we're going to move over to our, our next segment, Pass or Shoot. So over this past week, Dan Favor of Bleacher Report, he came out with an article where he listed all his underachievers for every NBA team um, in the league. And for the Orlando Magic, he selected Terrence Ross as the Magic biggest underachiever so far. Pass or Shoot. 
Pass. I'm stuck between pass and shoot, honestly. I'm passing. I'm shooting. I'm shooting, and I'm going to tell you why. My biggest thing is because we had a conversation, and most of us said, you know, Mo Bamba should have fit that bill for us. Right. But Mo Bamba didn't just sign a multi-million dollar contract with us, right, for 54000 for the next four years. Terrence Ross did. So Terrence Ross had a really amazing year last season where he broke out for us. He gets his contract, and we're not getting the exact same production. So where what is it that changed? Is it is it the players that change? Is it that he's just not finding his rhythm? Or is it that he just got his contract? So on the same token, though, so Bamba, while he hasn't had a big contract yet, but Bamba did get picked with the sixth pick in the draft. And out of all the players around his pick range in the teens, even even the teens or 20s, he's the one performing at the lowest level. So I get it. The money part of it, I get it. But Ross is fine. I know we, he got hurt in preseason. He kind of showed some flashes the last couple of games. Um, but his shot's still not there. His percentages look really, really bad. I understand that. But Bamba looked like a beast in preseason, the first few games, right? And then I asked you the same question. What happened to him? Like, he just disappeared. I can tell you what happened. He's what? a rookie. He's still he's still learning. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Do I believe that Terrence Ross will eventually get it together? Yes, he. I think I honestly feel he will find find a shot. But if the question is being asked, who is the most underachiever on the team? I'm going with Terrence Ross because he got the big contract. He's a veteran. He, you know, he knows what's expected of him. He's our key role player. He's supposed to be our sixth man, and he's just not producing. But I think also if you add to that now, Bamba should be the starter right now, right? So Bamba should be the one starting instead of. Birch, who should be the backup right now. But, but do you feel do you feel comfortable with Mo Bamba as your starter? That's what I'm saying. If he was performing at the level that he's supposed to be, that was the he should be. Right? Exactly, he should be. He should be that next Vucevic, right? That next guy that's in line to be Vucevic in the near future. Um, I think you guys are forgetting something. Mo Bamba was in a conversation, right? When when the season was over, yeah, if we were supposed to let Vooch walk, mm-hmm. and Mo Bamba was supposed to be our future starting center, and a lot of Magic fans were upset when we brought back Vooch, right? Yeah, so I think by that qualifier, Mo Bamba is the biggest underachiever. He you only to, he only played thirty plus games last season, and that's fine. But we're talking about when you when you measure underachiever, right? You measure expectation from reality. That the 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 expectation was that Mo Bamba was going to be good enough, that his ceiling was high enough, that and that his current like standing was good enough to where we could let Vooch walk. If you're if you're telling me that you feel comfortable enough with a guy who at the time possibly pl- played under twenty five games, mm-hmm. and you felt comfortable enough with him at that moment to be the the uh, future center of your team, then your expectations for that guy were really high. And Mo Bamba now is averaging under f- what I could I could look this up, but under I think eight points a game. He's literally non-existent on defense, right? And on offensive schemes, it seems like he's shooting three pointers because he doesn't know how to play in the paint. That's underachieving. Terrence Ross, in my opinion, had an outlier of a season last year. Nothing in Terrence Ross's history. Uh, kind of pointed to the fact that he was going to be a six man and he was going to be successful at that role, but it, it happened. He didn't win six man of the year last year, but he was successful at that role. And he was a guy that contributed uh, in a major role to us having a playoff uh, appearance last season. But you can't take a guy who has never been in conversations for the six man, right? And has never averaged more than with the exception of last year, 15 points per, per season. He He's averaging maybe around 11, 12 points. Uh, per game, you can't expect that guy to like become something greater than what he is overnight. Even if he signed a multi-million dollar deal, a lot of that, a, a lot of that money that was offered to him was kind of based in the fact that the fan base in Orlando kind of fell in love with Terrence Ross, and ownership realized that for the culture of Orlando Magic basketball and to inspire fans to be engaged with the team, Terrence Ross was important. Now, if you guys really want to dig deep into it, it's either Ross or Bamba. And I want everybody to get a little taken to us. Is there anything positive right now that Bamba's doing for this team? Anything positive? (laughs) (laughs) 
I honestly blame it on Shaq. Shaq is the reason why Mobamba's <laughs> playing so damn bad. If it wasn't for that little wager he did for college football that forced him to cut his head, I think he would have been all right. It was LSU versus Texas. Yeah, exactly. Right? That was exactly it. So uh, don't don't put too much blame <laughs> so, on Mobamba. So look at this, right? So dictionary definition, right? So it says an underachiever is a person who fails to achieve his or her potential or does not do as well as expected. Mo that is Mo Bamba. Bamba. That is Mo Bamba. If we if we think about the conversation, like I said, of him possibly leading this team as our starting center, and his fall from like grace, one season later, twelve games, thirteen games into the season, this guy is producing zero. And and I know there's going to be a lot of people that are going to say we're being hard on Mo Bamba. Uh, we're we're, no, we're not being realistic in his development. Nah. I think that. And this is probably going to be a hot take, but I think the people that are defending Mo Bamba's stance on the Orlando Magic at this point in time are being unrealistic. And and what's going to happen, I was having a conversation with my father um, about this last night during the Magic and Pacers game, is that we're going we're gonna to continue to allow Mo Bamba to play on our team, right, in an NBA game, and he's going to continue to look bad. And what it's going to do is going to hurt his stock moving forward. Right. It's going to make it so other teams are no longer interested in like this, this hype surrounded by uh, uh, surrounded around Mo Bamba. So the way and I brought this up last episode, the way that you kind of curve that and allow Mo Bamba to continually thrive is to allow him to play in the G League, develop his skills, bring him back and kind of reinvent his personality and, or not his personality, but his image around the league. So in my opinion, Mo Bamba is our biggest underachiever, not Terrence Ross. I still think that Mo, Mo Bamba is just raised barely played. And on top of that, he's on a minutes restriction. So he's he's still kind of nursing an injury, right? He could either be playing through it or not be. We don't we don't fully know the scope of it, right. but he's being restricted to play. So it's it's he's he's barely played less than what 45 games, 50 games max. If they would have said the same thing about Markel Fultz, then we want to begin the outcome that we're getting with them now. But, but I think there's, the, go ahead. I think the biggest issue is I, I don't think we're even looking at his numbers. I think is the effort. You know, just we can the, clearly look out there. We can clearly see a difference when Birch is in the game and Bama's in the game. You can clearly see. Yeah, and, and look at Birch yesterday. Birch didn't play well against Indiana. His first real start, right? Mm -hmm. But one thing you cannot deny about that guy is he's going to give you hustle and heart in yeah. every play. And I think that you can't teach, right? Mm -hmm. So Mo, right now, what I'm saying is, from a disappointing standpoint. It's not just the numbers. The numbers are whatever. Like, we, we can live with that. He's yeah. a rookie. Mm -hmm. He's still learning. I get that. That, 100%. But look at Markel Fultz, too. He missed three years. Really a bad injury. Like he couldn't even shoot. And he's out there busting his ass, For man. 20, he's out there hustling, minutes, it. throwing mm -hmm. himself on the floor, per plays. So, what I'm saying is that. So, disappointing, it's not numbers. What I'm, what I'm saying, he's the biggest disappointment. I think it's just the overall look. He's on the court. And I tell you, man, like, I go to games. People just look puzzled when he just cannot grab a ball he cannot grab a rebound a five foot player doing layups over him i just don't get it man. Yeah, but we drafted mo bamba knowing that he was going to be a project we provide we gave terrence ross a contract to know what we were getting in return but, but and that's i'm not saying mo bamba's playing good i'm not saying he's playing well i'm not saying any of that i'm just saying between the two if i had to choose because we gave him a a long-term contract terrence ross that for me, he's our most underachiever. On well, the team. and we're we're probably gonna end the segment on on this, but or the topic of Mo Bamba. But I have one last point, and that's that if when he was drafted, right, we all like you said knew he was a project. We understood that this was gonna be something that took time. But one thing that you can control a hundred percent of is effort. It doesn't matter if your skill set is not there. You have the intangibles, you're long, you know, all of these things. And, um, and you're shooting and, you know, defense, your defense is going to pick up with time. We understand that. But your effort you can control. And Mo Bamba's effort is in question. And he has not done anything to kind of put those questions to rest. And as long as he continues to to slack off and 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 be disengaged in the offense and defense those questions are continually going to be there and you have to believe that if we're asking those questions as fans other front offices have been asking those questions because those guys overanalyze every aspect of every player's game so mo bamba's stock around the league i'm pretty sure is is quite low at this time
All right, so let's let's get to the next one. Um, Fiba Fournier, is he here to stay? Oh, uh, Justin, you got to start off with that one, man. Hell yeah, he's here to stay, man. And pass it, man. There is, ah, man. Pass it, man. And You're I passing know, it? I know, I, I know uh, and uh, obviously I'm, I'm going to shoot, but, um, and we talk about Evan quite often <laughs> on this on this podcast, but um, Fiba Fournier is real. The hype is real. And uh, he's going to keep It's real internationally. <laughs> I'm not saying that it's not real. It's there. It's just not here yeah. in Orlando. It's here because I'm sitting right in front of you. Evan Fournier <laughs> is is that guy. I think Evan he has his moments. Okay, he has his moments. the The issue is is that it's not consistent. Mm-hmm. It's we've seen it. We've seen flashes of it in, in consistently in the the beginning of our season. But man, there was a moment yesterday when we were watching the game, and I sent the text. I'm like, "Whatever you do, you do not trade Evan Fournier." Literally, yeah. a play after I said, I was surprised "I'll you take said that, that back, man. I'll take it back." Never mind. You almost had me, Justin. Um, you were right when you said when you said what you <laughs> when said I, when I, I mean, said I was just kidding. No, 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 no. When, when Evan, I said I take it back, no, Evan is is one of those guys that is going to give you passion, is going to give you effort. Is not going to hide how he feels when he's on the court. Is going to be vocal. Is going to try to get other guys involved. Is going to take big shots whenever the big shot is, is is needed. Every every quality that you look for in a player, right, to build a franchise around. And I'm not saying that Evan is that guy that you build a franchise around, but I'm saying he has most of those qualities. Consistency is his issue. But you cannot tell me he's shown that he's capable of dropping twenty plus points per game, right? You can't tell me that if Evan consistently came through and dropped 20, 23, 25, 26 with five, six, seven, eight, nine assists per game, that's the best player on most teams in the NBA. So like you mentioned, that is true, but we don't see that every night. And my, I'm going to pass big time on that one. I like Fournier. He's a competitive player. We know that. He's our best clutch player. We talked about that last week in our episode from last week. However, the issue with him that I have is he doesn't have the highest IQ, man. Like last night, as Anthony mentioned, there were moments where we were like, oh my God, this guy's here. Oh my God, keep feeding him. But then there's those moments when he just doesn't look like himself and he just makes some dumb decisions. Um, whether it's some random shots that he has no business taking, with the, cl- with the shot clock still uh, at 20 seconds. I'm just not a fan of the IQ piece of Fournier. Uh, whereas I feel like in FIBA ball, he plays pretty organized. He pretty knows what he's doing. He, he's Very clutch. Smooth. He's mm-hmm. smooth. And with the magic, I don't see that for whatever reason. Um, so he is playing amazing. Don't get me wrong. He is balling right now. He's leading our team in scoring the last few weeks. Um, he's doing really well. But for me, I don't see it happening long term. Now, don't forget, too, this is a contract year technically for him. Mm-hmm. He can opt out. And he, I'm pretty sure, wants to get another five-year deal, four-year deal. So that same thing about Terrence Strauss we talked about, you can apply it to Fournier this year. Um, and hopefully, I don't know about you guys, hopefully we don't make the mistake of signing him for... Hundred million five years again. Like, I don't. Dude. I don't think that 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 would be a mistake. Ooh. Evan, Ooh. listen, <laughs> dude. Listen, if we if we're saying oh. if we're saying, and we got to be talking and, about based off this season. If we talking right, about this season. Right. He's playing well. If we, he, he's he's well. but the Wait, the question is, well. <laughs> no, go go ahead. We're, we're I'm, I'm, I'm gonna we're, say we're this, and I'm gonna give it to Justin. The, the question is, the, the question isn't. You know, is is he a good player now? Is is he here to stay? Last the whole entire eighty two games last season, he played terrible. Okay, we're we're asking is FIBA Fournier what he was able to do internationally? Is he able to do it over a span of eighty two games for us? He's had a lot of he's averaging seventeen points per game for for the last ten games. Mm-hmm. Is he able to do that the whole entire season? No, I think I think so. When you um, when we look at his stats so far this season, right? And I, I'm going to have to go back here. But he's averaging 17.7 points per game, right? 3.5 uh, assists per game. And uh, let me see. But he's shooting 44.7% from the three-point line. 48.5% well. from the field, right? Statistically, the best scorer on our team. He's leading the Orlando Magic in points. He's leading the Orlando Magic in field goal percentage. He's leading the Orlando Magic in three-point percentage. He's also towards the top, what, top five players in assist on our team, right? His turnover 
uh, numbers are some of the lowest. This guy came with a lot. Are some of the lowest? Came with a bag today. Are some of the lowest on the? Are some of the lowest on the team as well? So it's like, what else? What else do you need Evan to do to prove that maybe he's you know what nine years in in his prime? Maybe he's in his prime, and for the next three, four, five seasons, this is the Evan you're gonna get. All right, so just so that I understand the scope of what I'm dealing with, right? Because obviously I know that you're you're an Evan Fournier fan. If if you had the power to go back in time, you are Rob Hennigan. You're making the decision. Okay. Do you still make the decision to trade Victor Oladipo over Evan Fournier? Do I still make the decision? Yes. Oh, man. Wow. All right, guys. Yes. So next topic. <laughs> no, no, but I'm going to tell you why. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to tell you why. The reason why I would still make that decision is because you can only make decisions based on what you see at the moment. Anybody could look at decisions three, four years down the line and say, oh, wow, that decision sucked. Different take, yeah. But in the moment, I would have made that decision. Victor Oladipo, you're looking at Victor Oladipo as a post-OKC player. The player that Oladipo is now or was before his injury and who he was when he was traded from Orlando are two entirely different players. His his activity is different. His drive is different. His all around game is different. Like, I don't know. It's just did we give up on him too soon. He was your second pick in the draft. Yeah, we we did. He was your as a as a general manager. He's your first pick, your staple of of what you're doing for this franchise and you traded him for a DeMontis Sabonis that played really well against us last night for a Serge Ibaka that turned into a Terrence Ross. Okay, but and if we never stuck around this long, why couldn't Oladipo? I agree with so that. So my thing That's is really this. So take, right? what was the question? The question is if FIBA Fournier here to stay, right? My thing is it's shown up for two weeks, but what has it been for the last six, seven years? Yeah, he dropped 26 points last night. He played really well. Oh, can and, he, and I, can and he and do wait, that? But this true. is this is the double-edged argument that I don't understand from Magic fans, right? So what has he done, you said, for the last six, seven years, right? Yeah. But Aaron Gordon has been in the league for six years, and the criticism for AG isn't the same. Different. And AG has it, never produced at the level that Evan is producing. It's different. How old is Fournier? How old is, is Gordon? And not only that, but... Fournier is 27 years old. Okay. Fournier has also... It, Fournier is another player that we've seen. He, he's not going to get better. His potential is there. You see what you... You know what you have with him. With Aaron Gordon, you're still trying to find out. Somehow. You're going you're gonna to tell me that there's still a chance for Evan Fournier to be way better than what he is. Are we not? Wait, are we not seeing it? Is that not what we're seeing right now? It's one game, Justin. It's not one game. It's it's, it's it's about two weeks. It's about seven games. My thing is, and we played twelve games so far in the season. I say wait until All Star break, see what Evans All Star voting numbers are, and then we can have this conversation again. Who? who? (laughs) He mentioned All Star and Fournier in the same sentence. No, man. Oh, you're, you're so, talking about the skills challenge. <laughs> my, thing, my thing is this. Like I said earlier, contract year, red lights flashing everywhere. Again, if you guys were accusing Ross of playing well last year for his contract, do the same thing with Fournier this year. Again, I like him as a player. He adds a skill that we need, shooting. But last year he shot low 30% from the three-point range. Well, that's all you can do. Be a shooter. Again, I'm not buying the fact that he is here to stay. He's here temporarily. Uh, because once Vucevic comes back, Isaac continues to develop, he won't shoot that many shots anymore. So that's another another fact to consider. All right, so jumping into our next segment, get off your chest. This one comes from Ocasion underscore 25 on Instagram, where he says, Magic should have hired Mark Jackson or Monty Williams. Orlando can never get a good defensive coach and offensive coach. It's always either one or the other. And to show evidence of that, uh, Lachlan Sensei on Instagram also said, I don't know why Clifford started at Wandu over Chief. I can kind of understand Birch over Bamba, but starting Wes over Ross and Chief made no sense. How you guys feeling? I uh, agree with both of them, honestly. Uh, I, I don't want to say, I don't necessarily want to say that we should have hired a coach outside of Steve Clifford. Uh, because Steve Clifford has undoubtedly changed the culture in Orlando, um, and he's made losing, for the most part, like as as a season object or as a season result, unacceptable. Uh, so I think that that goes a long way. Uh, he's changed the way guys, you know, kind of go into game to game, and he's made it more of a professional atmosphere. Uh, and I think that that goes a long way. Uh, but I think Clifford is showing. 
it, Clifford is showing that he's what he's best suited for is probably an assistant coach role, uh, just because of how committed he is to the defense. Uh, it feels like in the league today, it's it's all about offense, and you can try you can try to be the best defensive team in the league. We're top five now. I think we're three in defensive rating. But you're seeing that if you can't put up the points, if you don't set the pace, if you don't have shooters, you're not going to win. It's not a it's not a sustainable uh, system. So are we blaming Clifford or the management for giving the personnel for that? Because that, that can go down on personnel as well if we're not putting up points. Is Clifford really that bad of a, of a hire? No, 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 he, no not he, at all. Is he really? Do we do we, we see that? We went from as... not making the playoffs to making the playoffs out of nowhere. I like think that's a huge no, like last season, we weren't expecting playoffs. Period. We At were all. still talking mm-hmm. draft, mm-hmm. right? So is he it is it that he's is starting off so bad, or is it is it that he's still trying to figure out the dynamics? He has about three players on his roster with minutes restriction. Mm-hmm. Is it really that he doesn't want to play Markel Fultz for more than twenty five minutes a game? Is it that he really doesn't want to play Mobamba for an X amount of time so that he's able to get some reps in and get some some consistency under his feet i don't i don't see that is clifford i really don't i don't see that he's the issue i think we have to be patient with this um only because now he he has a healthy mobama now um he has a different point guard that's totally a different caliber player than augustine is he's still trying to insert him in along with like you said there probably is a minute restricting with faults i'm not sure if that's a coach decision or if that's a front office decision um as far as Clifford, I mean, I'm a big fan of Clifford. Yes, when it comes down to the games, specifically last night as well with that inbounding play, which was kind of a little funny how that finished off. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with Clifford. Um, he's changed this whole dynamic of the team. Um, he has this playing like we're hungry, especially the defensive end. I know we have our questions about offense, you know, um, but, but like I told Justin, that, that can also be a personnel thing. Um, do we have enough weapons to be putting up that many points? Um I know we have an all-star Vucevic, you know, that consistently gives us points. I know we have Fournier who consistently gives us points. But I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put all the blame on Clifford, you know. I, I still believe this is an adjustment for him, having a brand-new point guard, having a center, you know, who's technically still a rookie but at the same time on a minute restriction shot. For me, it would be too early to judge if it was a good hire or not. But I'm still rolling on the Clifford. So, so I agree with, with all of the points that you and Ant made. Um, but what I, what I'm struggling with, with Clifford is the decision-making down the stretch. I think there's been various games that we probably could have won in the last minute or two, uh, that we didn't because either timeouts weren't used properly. Uh, the, the players on, on, on the floor were questionable at the, at the time, uh, who plays were drawn up for were, were questionable, and those are all things that Steve Clifford is fully in charge of. Mm-hmm. So to Correct. to completely absolve Clifford from any kind of blame and just say, "Oh no, he's he's good. He's going to be our guy. He's led us this far." It's like, yeah, he did lead us this far, and we're we're appreciative, we're grateful for that as fans. But at the same time, you have to look for what is the best for the team and the team's success in the future. And I'm I'm not sure that Clifford is it. So I think I think he was the right hire at the time. He was the best option available to us. He's got roots in Orlando for the Van Gundy days. So I think that was good. He, he's bringing back that mentality of, hey, last time we won, I was here. And I know mm-hmm. how we did it. So I like that. What I don't like is the forcing, not only by Clifford, but our team in general. I think we're trying to force defense to be our thing and that started when we started drafting all the depot back then and gordon and peyton so it also goes back to the hennigan days i don't know if it's a executive decision or they want to be a defensive team but i don't think that it's to blame clifford i just don't know why that's a thing in orlando like it's just defense only we've had the chance to draft better offensive players and we don't we keep mm-hmm. going for this long guys athletic guys that can defend um but he is the right coach like i said just based on the culture factor alone now, what I am not a fan of, and I'm, I've been very vocal about this in the podcast, is his rotations, his inability to adapt to what's going on on the court, his inability yeah, to agree. adapt to trying new things. Like right now, no Vucevic, no Gordon. Try something new. Star Aminos. Put Ross out there, more minutes with them together. Get creative with your team. Have Obama yeah. earn his minutes. Yeah. Like we don't have the two, the, 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 the players that can't score a lot. We know that. But we can get creative how we can get offense. And we've seen it happen with Fultz out there with Isaac. 
they just get going on the fast break because they get steals and blocks. So add players to that rotation, to that lineup that can Switch expand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's my only thing with Clifford. As far as the rotations piece, we know that's an ongoing issue. We talked about it in depth last week. Um, and the week before, too. And the week before that, too. So I, I think that it doesn't matter what head coach we have um, running the team. Where there's the No coach is perfect. We're not going to say great things about every single coach. It, it's one of those things where, where we're going we're, we're gonna to call them out when we see things that we don't agree with. But really, if you remove Steve Clifford, who else is out there? Like, who would you really want to run this team? Our past four coaches have been terrible. After Stan Van Gundy, you had Jock Vaughn. You had James Borrego that was on his assistant coach. I coached for 30 games. Mm -hmm. You had Scott Scowls, Frank Vogel, and now Steve Clifford, the only one to really do something with the players that we have. Mm -hmm. So could Coach Clifford be better? Sure. Do we agree with his rotations? No. But do I think that playoffs is out of reach? I don't no, think so. No, I, it's still no. it's still there. Still we, last early. last season, everyone we we were playing extremely well, but it wasn't until after after the All Star break. So is it is Coach Clifford really the problem? I don't think so. No, I think I think, uh, and this is this is partly going to go somewhat against what I said originally, but I think Clifford is also a victim of expectations. Uh, I think so many of us expected Orlando to come out of the gate just like blazing, like win after win after win, and that hasn't been the case. Um, and because we've been losing a lot of close games, it's easy to kind of be like, all right, well, something has to change because if you lose enough close games, you're out of the playoff picture. Um, and, you know, it's easy to put the blame on Clifford when, like, Al said his rotations are an issue and he's not really reactive to what's happening. He he sticks to his guns and whatever he, he thought was going to happen before a game as far as who's going to play what and how things are going to play out, he sticks to. So it's, it's a situation that as long as he doesn't make changes in game to reflect what's happening on the court, the criticism for him is going to continue. I just think that he, like, you know, you're coaching for a minute right you know that mark hill on the floor is just way more effective than dj augustine mm-hmm. like you, you just know that the the pace is better the flow is better passing is better mm-hmm. uh, being able to run is better executing to the rim is a lot better everyone knows it but if it's really the fact that there is a minute restriction on mark hill what more is he to do what more can he do if the people above him saying you can only play mark hill for 25 minutes that's it if the game's coming close to the end and he can't put him in because he's already surpassed his minutes, what what more can he do? He and can't do anything else. We don't know. We can only judge by what we see. Yeah. But that's why We're it's so much here. easier to blame Clifford. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of anyone outside of the minute restrictions, I agree with. But I just think that there's a very special case for Markel because to me, Markel, Markel and Jonathan Isaac are going to be the two major factors for the I, the legacy, if you will, for the front office that mm-hmm. we have. Mm-hmm. And I think with these injuries with Vooch and AG out this next month or so, I think this is time for Clifford to step out of his comfort zone yeah, and try different things. And I, I wish the front office can just let, you know, Isaac and Fultz just really play their minutes because right now this month is very delicate for us. Yeah, knowing the magic, that's always either a number in mind, a date in mind before they do anything. I think that number for the Magic might be December 15th-ish before they say to Fultz, go out there and play. Uh, you know how they are. They're just kind of mm-hmm. developing him, seeing how he does. We and saw 28 minutes, 29 minutes last night. So we're getting to the point where we're seeing a little more minutes coming out. Um, so hopefully we'll see that continue. All right, so let's, let's start to wrap this thing up. So um, the week ahead, we have four games coming up. Monday against Detroit, Wednesday against Cleveland, Friday versus Toronto. And then Sunday versus Golden State, we collectively agreed that next week, uh, the game of the week is going to be for Monday Detroit, um, where we've been keeping track of the wins and losses. And then whoever ends up having the most losses for, was it the whole month that we said it? Right. For the whole month, we're going to have them do something disastrous. (laughs) And you guys on Twitter and Instagram will be deciding that as well for us. Like I said before, do not keep it easy on us. Yeah, last week, me and Justin, we held it down. We we called that uh, the Magic. We're going to lose against Toronto. We got that mm-hmm. right. Um, so we're let's see what we got for this week. So Monday against Detroit. I, I'm putting down a W. I'm taking an L. Um, 
There's no booch. I see Wait, a you're taking an L or you giving an L? Because you took an L week <laughs> one. So I'm, I'm gonna take an L. I have an L against Detroit. Uh, I see. Uh, I see Mo Bamba and uh, Ken Burch getting into some foul trouble against uh, those bigs down there. I'm 50-50. I, I'm really having a tough time here. I, I personally want to see a win. I think we need a win to kind of get things in order, especially before we go to Cleveland. I want to see a win. So I'm going to stick to that. I'm going to say we win tomorrow. Isaac puts up good numbers again. Fiva Foyne shows up again. Um, so I think we win tomorrow. I'm going to stick with that. Yeah, I'm with Al uh, this week. I think uh, I think Orlando pulls it out. Without Vooch? Uh, against Detroit, without Vooch. Against Jarman and Griffin? Um, yeah, because I think if, if the guys play with the pace that they played against the Pacers, I think that might be troublesome mm-hmm. for Detroit. Um, and I don't know. I think I think Birch is going to give Drummond a little bit of a tougher matchup because uh, Birch is is a lot more physical than Vooch is. You, typically, when, when Drummond and, and Vooch kind of match up, Drummond has his way with Vooch, and that's... You know, just based on the play style of of, um, of Vooch. But I think Birch is going to be a lot more physical. He's not going to be afraid to kind of throw elbows in there and, and fight for rebounds and things. So I don't think Drummond is going to have as big of a game. Um, and I think our guys, if they set the pace that they set against the Pacers, I think that that'll uh, push us over the edge against Detroit. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. They're another team that's expected to fight for the 7th, 8th seed, more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually looking forward to see Derrick Rose play. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been a fan in the past, so yeah. just to see that he's been doing so well, I'm curious to see, you know, how he does against us, and then how Markel Fultz reacts. Um, Jonathan Isaac, I'm expecting a big game to see if maybe the consistency transfers over in the absence of the Aaron Gordon and um, the Vucevic, and let's see if FIBA Fournier is, is a real thing. <laughs> All right, um, so let's let's close it out. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. I just want to see us win three games this week. I know it's going to be tough, uh, but we do play two teams that we can easily beat, which is Cleveland and Golden State. Um, so if we can steal one of Detroit or Toronto games, that can make a big difference in our record. Um, so I'm hoping that Gordon is back maybe Wednesday against Cleveland, and that gives us a little boost coming back home against Toronto and Golden State. Um, but that's my final thought. I just want to see us win three games this week. For me, I and I just brought it up, but I want to see the pace. I want to see what these guys can do when you don't have, uh, you know, kind of the half-court game of, of Vucevic slowing things down. I want to see how fast they can get out there, how the ball moves when their pace improves. Uh, those, you know, those are all things that I think can, can make the difference, especially against teams like Detroit and Cleveland. Toronto plays fast as well. Uh, so I'm excited. I think this could be a, a defining week for us. I actually agree with you, Justin. I am curious to see where our pace is going to take us this month or this week. Um, I'm very intrigued to see if Jonathan Isaac can keep this going. He's on the streak where he's just scoring on the run right now. If we do find ourselves in a close game in one of these four games, I would like to see Clifford drop a few plays for Isaac at the yes. end of the game. Um, yeah, I, I do see him as a one-on-one player. Um, he's worked with Tracy McGrady over somewhere a little bit. You see glimpses of it. You saw of it last night. I want to see a few plays drawn for him at the end of the game. And for me, I'm consistency in the shooting. Um, last night's game was against two big parts of our offense that were missing. So the fact that we were still able to shoot um, really well and score over 100 points was something that I, I honestly didn't see happening. It was only by six points, but we were, we were still able to do that. So just to see it again happening on Monday against Detroit, it's something to look for. Um, and then the consistency with Jonathan Isaac. If we really see him as our, the face of, uh, of the magic, it's a perfect opportunity with your all-star center. I agree. Out of the mix. On that note, that's a wrap for us. Peace. Peace. Deuces. See y'all later. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of magic fans. Be sure to visit our website, theozonepod.com. And remember to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.